Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 331 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from a warm fall day in Austin, Texas. And I'm excited about today's topic because it's been on my mind for a little bit. This will be a solo episode where I'm going to be talking about breaking through a performance plateau. For those of you who might be sitting there thinking, I'm just not improving having race results that seem to be repeating themselves versus getting faster. What might be the causes of those things and how might I break through this plateau? So I'm going to give you eight reasons why you might be in a performance plateau and how you can break through the plateau by modifying things around those eight different reasons. I'm also going to talk about how do you know if you're in a plateau? Because I think sometimes people aren't necessarily plateaued but they might think they are. And so we'll define it before we dig into those eight reasons for performance plateaus. Before we get there, I want to quickly thank my sponsor for this episode, John G. Running Apparel. They've been a great partner of mine now for many months, and I'm excited to extend that partnership as we head towards the end of 2023. I'll be giving you more info on John G. and giving you an offer code mid-episode, so stay tuned for that. So with that, let's jump into my topic, breaking through a performance plateau. We're going to start by asking ourselves, how do I know if I'm in a performance plateau? And I would say, first of all, if you don't think you are, then you probably aren't. So I wouldn't worry about it. But those that think they are might be discouraged by recent results. I think it's important to identify whether or not you need to make drastic modifications or just stay the course. Because I do think there is a scenario for many runners out there where they might not get one race result that they wanted and then they sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater. They they modify everything in their training or they make drastic changes versus staying the course. And a one-time bad race is very different than being in the type of performance plateau or performance rut perhaps that I'm talking about here. So how do you know if you're in a plateau? First of all, I want to dig into that first, because again, I think most people probably aren't there, even if they suspect they are. So if we're talking about performance plateaus, here are some things that are not involved. One, we're, we're not talking about situations where you have a one-off bad race. One-off bad race is not a performance plateau. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need to make tweaks and changes, but that's likely if you're following all the sound fundamental principles of training, it doesn't mean you need to make drastic changes. So this is not about a one-off result. I like to say that there are racing results and there are training results. You get both in a given training cycle in a perfect world where the rainbows and unicorns are hanging out then both of them sing a happy song together and your training goes well and the race follows magically with that. But that's not always true. Sometimes we can have training results, training success, and then for whatever reason, not have racing success because for whatever reason, you could have a bad day, you could have a bad weather day that takes things completely out of your your control in terms of the potential performance on that day. So again, this is not about a one-off bad result. This might not even be about a couple of consecutive bad results because you could be seeing training results, but then again, have bad luck two races in a row. And because you can only peak two or three times a year, sometimes we're putting a lot of eggs in one basket, particularly with the marathon distance. And we only get so many chances to race that things can happen in consecutive 
six month windows, one year windows that might cause you to not have great results. And yet you could still be having consistent building, consistent training results, maybe results at other distances that are pointing in the right direction. But that one distance isn't pointing in the right direction. So a performance plateau typically is not even a situation where you have two bad results in a row, especially if those results are explainable. So what is it? A performance plateau is when you're consistently not seeing training results and when you're consistently not seeing racing results across multiple distances. So what does it look like to not have training results? It looks like feeling like you can't hit your paces, feeling like you're not making progress from a workout perspective. Now, I want to make it clear when we're talking about performance gains and training I don't usually care about easy paces or recovery paces. Those things, as I mentioned in a recent episode, those things may or may not trend in a faster direction if you're doing things the right way. They might actually trend in the slower direction if, if you're doing things the right way, allowing you to go even faster on your quality workouts. So a sign that training results aren't coming is the workouts are just consistently not hitting. You're not able to hit the paces that you could once hit or that you're targeting to hit based on where you are in your training. It could also mean that you're generally struggling to complete the volume levels that you would have perhaps completed in the past for whatever reason. So that's another sign that training results aren't coming is that the volume isn't as consistent as it once was. Workouts are consistently a struggle And again, I'm not talking about a one-off situation where it might just be for a week or two weeks or even a month. I'm talking about a consistent period of time, three months, six months, where this is happening to you. So that's on the training side. And on the race results side, it's a question of is, are you affected at all distances? Because perhaps you didn't get the marathon PR that you wanted, but you've PR'd in other distances, the 5K or the 10K or the half. And that is pointing to a general increase in performance because as much as we'd like to PR in all distances all the time, that is mostly uncommon. And so if you're seeing PRs at one distance, but not another, that's a sign that you're still training in the right direction. And maybe you just didn't have good luck or you had a bad day or bad weather day on one of those races that wasn't what you wanted. So this isn't a situation where it's a one-off distance that isn't working for you. It's really across all distances where you might be struggling. And typically I would probably see this happening, not just over a six month period, but a one year to 18 month period where you're just feeling like you're going nowhere across all distances. Because if you can point to one race distance that's going well, then again, we might have some success to build on. But if it's across the board, then that could be a sign that Perhaps one of these eight things might be an issue for you. So that's important context for setting the tone here is if you're resonating with this episode, first of all, just ask yourself, am I actually in a plateau or not? And be really honest because I don't want you to necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater, completely start from scratch. And really, none of the recommendations I'm going to have really involve that anyway in this episode. But I just want to make sure that We are clear that what we're talking about from a performance plateau standpoint is when you're not seeing training results in quality or your ability to hit the consistent volumes that you'd like, and you're not seeing racing results as it extends across multiple race distances. 
So what might be the issues? And by the way, some of these issues might be issues for you, whether or not you're in a plateau. So I think I still think there's plenty of things to learn from this episode as we step through it, but I'm going to give you eight reasons why you might be in a performance plateau if you've resonated with some of the definitions that I've talked about already. So here we go. The first one, number one, you might be in a performance plateau if you're not following sound training principles. You might be in a performance plateau if you're not following sound training principles. Now, these are topics that I hit quite often, and so you might hear or might feel like I'm repetitive on these points, but it's really, really important because you will plateau if you're not doing the fundamentals correctly, which at the most basic level, the most common mistake with this is that people are running too fast all the time. Their training is more oriented towards quality than it is towards building easy quantity. Volume is king. Consistent volume is the most important thing that will lead to long-term potential and long-term development from whatever your starting point, that that be trending in the right direction given your starting point and your constraint constraints. If it's not trending in the right direction and if you're not consistent with that easy volume and instead you're doing too many workouts, running too fast all the time, then you might improve for a period of time, but you will absolutely plateau if, you, if you're able to avoid injury. And this was honestly the case for me early in my running journey when I didn't know what I was doing relative to training and was still learning as a coach. Again, this was 20 years ago, but it absolutely happened to me. Came from a team sport background where hard all the time was the way to go. And that's what I brought into my running before I really knew how to modulate and polarize my training. So I was going hard all the time. When in doubt, go faster. When in doubt, do more workouts. When in doubt, do more, do faster. And as a result, I improved initially very quickly, but I had a plateau. I suddenly leveled out as to what my my potential was, and then I had to get much more intelligent about my training and modulate. So you have to make sure that you're polarizing your training enough, which for most people looks like, again, mostly easy volume, 80 to 85% of your running should be easy conversational volume. Got to go slow to go fast. One workout a week for most people where you're actually doing focused speed work, not two, and where you're really, really emphasizing the long run and the medium long run as important components of your volume building so that you build aerobic capacity, you increase the size of your engine. Because as I've talked about before in this podcast, a V8 is going to kick the ass of a revved up four cylinder all day long. And if you're running too fast too much, then you're going to end up with a really revved up small engine. You're building that volume, you're doing it consistently, you're doing it mostly easy volumes, then you're going to end up with a V8 that is ultimately going to get you to where you want to go. And so that's the number one reason people plateau is that they're doing too much, too fast all the time. And as a result, they'll see rapid improvement. And then if they're not injured, then their performances will trail off. Now, the frustrating part about this is that if you're doing this the right way, sometimes the gains take longer. Sometimes they're slower, but I promise you they're more sustainable. And the potential that you're opening up by going easy most of the time, 
by balancing those medium long runs and long runs by only doing one quality a week by going slow enough on your recovery runs so that it all fits together the performance potential that you're going to achieve by following those fundamentals is so much greater but you have to have faith in the process you have to be patient sometimes with it and it will pay off so that's reason number 1 reason number 1 that people plateau is cuz they're not following the training fundamentals, which for most people means they're going too fast all the time or they're doing too many workouts. Number two, the second reason why I see people plateau is because they're racing too much or trying to peak too often. The human body is set up to peak two or three times a year. Unfortunately, fitness isn't linear. We have to balance periods of focused training with recovery We have to come off of our peaks, let ourselves detrain so that we can then retrain to a higher place. That is how our body works. And unfortunately, within a 12-month window, depending on what distances you're training for, you can't peak more than two or three times a year. Doesn't mean you can't race more than two or three times a year. You certainly can do that as I was talking about prep races a few episodes ago. But in terms of focused, goal-oriented trying to get the most out of yourself races, we can only do that two or three times a year. But what happens is people get greedy and they want more. So they'll try to peak for this race and then six weeks later, they'll do another race. And then six to eight weeks later, they'll do another race. And each of these races is in its own way a mini peak for them. And they're trying to go all out and they're not periodizing their training around that. And as a result, They're getting too much racing stimulus, which is causing them not to develop from a long-term perspective. And therefore, you kind of end up on this flat line. So instead of rising, rising, rising to a peak, coming off of that peak, seeing a little bit of a trough, then rising, rising, rising to a higher peak, and coming off that peak, seeing a little bit of a trough, instead of that cycle of peak, trough, peak, trough, that tends that tends to trend linearly upward, they're in, they end up going from little peak to little peak, kind of turns out to be a flat line instead, and you're just not going to get the most from yourself if that's your approach. You are racing too much. Stop racing too much. Or reorient those race efforts so that they're complementary to one another. Because as I talked about a couple episodes ago, you can race if you want, but it just needs to be oriented so that those races have a purpose that might feed other races. I think I've talked about Alan Cousins, who's a coach that I follow, a triathlon coach that I follow on Twitter. And he talks about this or has this quote that he says, common mistake for people is they do too many A races, too many B races, and not enough C races. And so this to me is an example of how people plateau is they're doing too many A races, too many B races, and not enough C races. A races are those peaks, those two to three times a year peaks where you're focusing specifically on a goal. You're trying to get the most out of it. You're periodizing your training towards those peaks so that it's optimized for you to maximize your potential on that one day. B races, I don't even... 
like, I'd say throw those out, but people want to do them. They want to have that race before the A race that might still mean something where they're still hungry for something and they're disappointed if they don't still get a PR, even though it should just be complimentary to the A race. To me, the C race really is that catch all for everything else. If you're treating races appropriately, then you really only have A races, two or three a year. And then you have C races that are either there to serve as a prep race of some sort that is used with specific ideas in mind to perform and help you prepare for your A race, or it's just a race that you're going to have fun and maybe the outcome doesn't matter. And sure, something cool might happen. You never know, but you're treating it really loosely. You're just going out there to have fun and you're not necessarily having expectations about your results and you're not disappointed if you don't get a certain thing. So the summary here is don't race too much because if you're racing too much and expecting too much from too many races, then you will absolutely plateau. Instead, focus on two to three peak races a year. Yes, put your eggs in just a handful of baskets and If you're going to race outside of that, make sure they're complementary races or fun races that support those A races in a way that's going to be additive. That's how you avoid this plateau pitfall is by being focused. Now, I know how hard that is because as runners, one, we want to race a lot because it's fun and it's motivating at some level. Two, there's also the FOMO factor, the fear of missing out where Your friends are doing it, so you want to do it too. And then it's hard once you toe the line on something and you've got your watch on. It's hard not to have expectations for it, but you got to let all that go. You got to let all of that go and have the training maturity to put your eggs in a handful of baskets to focus and periodize towards those A races, to use those C races in other ways to complement and support the A races. If you do that, you will reach more potential. You will also avoid this plateau pitfall. So that's number two. Number three, reasons for plateauing is you are, you are pressing your training paces. Your workout paces and training are too fast. I've done an episode on this where I talked about how do you decide and choose your training paces It's important to note that in order to get to where you want to go from a training perspective, you have to train where you are. And I know everybody wants to say, oh, I want to run X, so I'm going to do all the paces associated with that in workouts, whether or not those paces feel sustainable for you. And that is when you can run into this plateau pitfall is if you're always overstretching in workouts. If you're always going to the well, going too deep in workouts, then it will cause a performance plateau. You have to train where you are and sure, know what the possibilities are, know what your goals are, know what the paces are associated with those goals. But if you're not at a place where you can run those paces comfortably without feeling like you're overextending yourself or burying yourself from day to day, then you shouldn't be running those paces. And I know it's a bit counterintuitive to think that if I run the slower paces associated with a slower time, 
then I will be able to get to that faster time. I know that's counterintuitive, but it is a fundamental training principle. You have to train where you are to get where you want to go. I'll say it again. You have to train where you are to get where you want to go because if you're overextending yourself, then you're actually working the wrong physiological and aerobic development zones in order to get to where you want to go. And so you have to train where you are to stay in the right development zone so that you can get where you want to go. And just remember, you have to remember as a part of this, pace is just a proxy. It is a metric that we use to help you calibrate your training in a way that puts you in the right physiological development zones in order to get the training benefit that we're trying to get. It is in some ways arbitrary as it is. And also, this idea that you have to train at a specific pace down to the second in order to get the benefit in a given workout is also mythology. The reality is we can train within a range and get the benefit of the workout because it's putting us into that aerobic zone, which is not at a pinpoint pace, but actually rather a pace zone in order to get the benefit that you're trying to achieve, which will help you then put the pieces together to ultimately run faster on race day. So it is absolutely critical that you train where you are. You can use a range of paces, perhaps with the fast end of the range being your goal and the slow end of the range being slower than where you feel you are currently to give you space for the hot days where you don't feel good or the tired days or the stressful days where you don't feel good, knowing that if you operate within a range, which is typically about 20 seconds per mile at each relative pace zone, then you can still have success regardless of where you are in that range. And as you start to trend to the left end or faster into that range and feel good and comfortable in workouts, then that's a sign that you're ready to perhaps take that next step in on race day as well. But if you, if you skip steps, if you go too hard all the time, if you train above your current fitness by running too fast, then you will plateau. And sometimes, by the way, this happens to people when perhaps they have a history of running certain paces and they're coming back to the sport or coming back from an injury and they want to just jump right to where they were. And that doesn't work. And it can lead to a little mini plateau as you come back or certainly not allowing you to then get to the next level if you rush it and you do paces that are outside of your current comfort zone. So it's critical that in order to avoid this plateau pitfall that you train where you are to get where you want to go so that you don't end up in a plateau. So do not press your training paces outside of your means. That's number three. Number four, you can reach a performance plateau if you're not recovering well or if you're not balancing your life with training in a way that's sustainable. It's important to remember that yes, volume matters. Improving and increasing your volume at easy paces over time will help you improve. But there is a limiter there. And the limiter is the extent to which you can recover from that volume. Assuming, again, you're doing all the right things about going easy enough on your recovery runs, going easy enough on your long runs. But if you can't do more volume because your life stress or the amount of sleep that you're getting or the other things in your life are taking away from your ability to recover 
and yet you're still trying to hammer through anyway, then you will reach a performance plateau. That's not to say that what you're doing won't be at some level constructive or helpful. But if you're trying to perform, you're going to have to make sure that you have the balance right. The stress versus rest balance. Because if we're not recovering, then we're not building fitness. We do the stress to create the stimulus so that when we recover, we actually get better, get faster, get stronger. And if you're always stressing and never recovering or not recovering enough, then you will see that plateau happening. And so it's important to make sure that you have that balance right. And that can look like within a training context, that can look like doing too many miles that you just aren't yet adapted to. For example, if you've jumped your volume too quickly and your body's not adapted to it and you're still trying to do workouts and all of those things are running together in a way that your body is too stressed to actually get the benefit of recovery, then that's an example where this is a problem. Or if you combine training with life and between the two things, you're not able to actually achieve recovery because you're doing too much in one of the areas, then that means something has to give. Either you have to back off in training or you have to back off in life in some way if that's possible. I'll give you an example for me. This would have been probably five or six years ago at this point. I was at a stage in my life where I was, and look, I've run, as I think I've talked about, I've run high volume during my life. I've done up to 100 mile weeks. My body can handle the load. But I was at a point in my life where I was trying to crank out 80 mile weeks in marathon training while also balancing all the other things in my life as a parent, as a business owner, as a coach. And it was not well balanced, given especially the sleep that I was able to get. And so I had a realization in that moment that I needed to actually lower my total volume to something in the 65 to 70 mile a week range. Could be a different scale for any of you listening than I was at. But I had to drop my volume by about 20%, 15 to 20% across the board in order to get the balance I needed. And I did that. I recognized the issue. I adjusted volume down, still, of course, prioritizing all those fundamental training principles. And then I was able to see a pr- improvement again because I figured out that my balance wasn't right. Yes, in theory, I could run 80 mile weeks and I could do that consistently, but not with the other life stress and the sleep I was able to get and all those other things combined. So something I had to give in this case, I reduced volume by 15 to 20% and then was able to see results again. That may not be a perfect example for you, but it could be. And or maybe you need to look at your life and simplify it if training is a priority for you. Or maybe in some cases there's a situation where you can't adjust life and it's just chaotic and you've got some challenges that you're facing that make it incompatible with improving in it from a training perspective. And maybe in those seasons of life which happen, It's more about maintenance from a running perspective. And you just decide that, hey, I'm just going to settle in, maintain, keep a solid base, knowing that with the life stress I have, I'm not going to be able to actually see the performance gains I want. So let's just achieve balance by pulling back on the training side from a performance standpoint and expectation standpoint, so that when you do have the ability to flex back up, then you haven't buried yourself. You have actually a good foundation, a solid base to build off of. And then when life changes, you're able to achieve that. 
So those are some thoughts there, but that is another reason why I see people plateau is that they're, they're not recovering well, meaning they're doing too much for what they're able to recover from. And again, this is assuming you're balancing your training in the right ways. And maybe you need to pull back because that balance is out of whack or you need to give yourself some space in life so that you can get to better balance and recover better before you really seek performance again from a running perspective. So consider that. And by the way, on this, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to always reduce volume. I talked about this a week with this concept with a few athletes this week. It's about knowing where your pressure release valves are when things get crazy. Where can I relieve pressure if needed, if life ramps up in a way that's challenging? So it means knowing your priorities from a training perspective, and it means knowing where you can flex if needed. And so some potential flex areas are the pace on your recovery runs. Maybe you slow down even more on recovery days. Flex could be cutting back volume, perhaps a little bit on recovery days, perhaps volume on a medium long run day, perhaps on a quality day doing fewer reps or slowing down the paces a little bit in order to get some stimulus without overdoing it. So know where your pressure release valves are, pull them if needed in a given week or make overall adjustments in order to achieve that better balance. So that's number four reason why people plateau not recovering well, not balancing life with training in a way that's sustainable. Okay, before we get to number five, I want to talk, quickly talk about my partnership with John G Running Apparel. They're my favorite running apparel brand. I am actually rocking their merino wool tee as I sit here recording this episode, and I've got more of their gear. I just ordered a bunch of their fall gear. It's on the way. They just released some new outerwear items, some new design patterns, as well as a new trail long tight that I'll be trying out for some of those hopefully cool Austin days to come. But their apparel is great. It's durable. It's functional. It supports a great cause in that 2% of revenue goes towards water projects all around the world. Plus, it is a canvas to showcase artists and designs from cultures all over the world, which is also really cool. And their apparel is backed by the five-year run everywhere guarantee. So no matter what, it is going to last for you. And if it doesn't, they'll replace it with no questions asked. So there's a lot of good reasons to go check out John G Running Apparel. You can go to their website, runjohnji.com or johnji.com. You can use my code Rogue15, R-O-G-U-E-1-5 for 15% off any order, not just your first. So go to johnji.com and check it out now. Okay, back to my list. Number five on my list for reasons why you might plateau, these plateau pitfalls to get the alliteration going, is you are racing the same distance all the time. You are racing the same distance all the time. This is most common for those marathoners out there, but it can happen with the half marathoners as well. Even the 5K runners is that you, you find a favorite distance, you find one that you start to get comfortable with, and then you just keep going back to it. The marathoners, you're doing two a year, every six months, spring and fall, spring and fall, marathon to marathon, marathon to marathon, back to back, or you're doing a sequence of halves without changing the distance. That is an absolute recipe for plateauing. Because as I've talked about many times on this show, you have to become 
well-rounded as an athlete, especially with your speed, in order to improve in all distances. If you want to be the best version of the marathoning self, then you have to go occasionally do speed track cycles, train and race for the 5K and 10K. You definitely have to train and race for the half marathon. And I'm not talking about doing races and prep for a marathon. I'm talking about dedicated training cycles where your peak race for that training cycle is a 5K or 10K or is a half marathon. You have to mix it up because the faster you can run a 5K, the faster you can run a marathon. Full stop. The faster you can run a 5K, the faster you can run a marathon because it lowers that asymptote, to use a math term, for a pace that's comfortable and makes marathon paces ultimately at lower and lower paces feel even easier because you become efficient over short stuff. So if you're going to be a marathoner, you got to work all distances. If you're going to be a half marathoner, you definitely got to work the 5k and 10k distance. And I got to be honest, it wouldn't hurt you to try a marathon either if you really want to focus on the half because the volume associated with marathon training is going to be hugely beneficial to you improving in the half as well. And then, of course, you want to be the best 5K, 10K runner on the planet training periodically for longer distances like a half marathon or even a marathon will help you because, again, you're developing that volume, which builds aerobic capacity, which actually makes you faster. Josh Kerr, who won the 1500 meter over Jakob Ingebrigtsen at the World Championships in Budapest this year, actually trained for and raced a half marathon as a part of a long build to this goal race and to try to win a gold medal in Budapest. And it worked because it gave him that strength for even the distance that is 1500 meters so that he had the staying power with his speed late in the race and could pass and then hold off Jakob Ingebrigtsen over those final 150 meters. So it's important, regardless of what distance. I mean, if a miler, a 1500 meter runner is training for a half marathon, then I promise you, if you want to focus on 5Ks and 10Ks, then you're going to benefit from sprinkling half marathons into your life. But if you're always racing the same distance, guaranteed, you are guaranteeing to plateau because you will become one dimensional. And you just can't do it. If you want to reach your max potential across any distance, then you got to mix it up. So avoid that performance plateau of racing the same distance all the time. That's five. Number six. Number six is you're nailing your training, but you're not nailing your races. You're nailing your training, but you're not nailing your races. Now, this would be a specific category of performance plateau pitfalls to be even more alliterative, which I think falls in the category of just needing to be a better racer. I think sometimes people struggle with racing because of perhaps the anxiety, the pressure associated with it. And as a result, they show up on race day and they never quite get out of them perhaps what their training would want. And so sometimes I think people plateau simply because they need to become better racers. They need to become better at the mental side of racing, at dealing with the anxieties that come, at dealing with the challenges that come. And this one's tougher because it does take practice. It does take a willingness to dig into the mental side of racing that perhaps might seem a little scary or a little cheesy 
but I encourage you, if you spend time there, it will work. You can get better at it. There's some people that would tell me, oh, I'm just not good at racing. I'm just not good at that. Well, that's a story in your head and promise you, you can write a different script if you allow yourself to believe, one, that it's possible to get better, and two, if you're willing to do the work to actually get better. And it's not necessarily easy work because mental work is hard and perhaps overwhelming at times, but it will work and you will get better at it if you spend time there. So what does that mean? What does that look like? First of all, if you have an A race in mind, I think this is a situation where somebody who struggles with racing, it's really helpful for them to get more at bats, more C races, so to speak, in prep for their A races. Not necessarily where they're trying to race all out, but where they're instead trying to actually execute a race plan as a training race of sorts that is specific, that allows them to start conservatively, progress during the race, and then finish strong at the end to not only prove the mind to the mind that it is possible to run a smart race to execute well and to finish strong, but also to developing developing that neuromuscular patterning to show that, hey, I can push through even when it gets hard. So choosing a couple of prep races that allow you to execute a specific plan to build confidence and also allow you to have more at bats. So you're taking some of that mystique, some of that fear away from that start line experience because you're taking the pressure off on those types of races, which then gives you that experience and shows your body that it can be in a safe space on a starting line so that you feel safer, feel more comfortable when your A race shows up. So that's one area is just practice more at bats. And of course, doing it in a controlled way so that you have the ability to have success. Another way is by working pointedly on your race tactics and mental strategies associated with race day. I highly, I would highly encourage you if this is something you struggle with, and some of you may want to access this resource anyway with fall races coming up, is go check out episode 150 where I talk about mental tips and tricks for race day because there's a whole list of things you can do to prepare your mind for race day to execute better. That includes things like knowing your purpose for the race, writing your mantras, both rhythm mantras and fight mantras for the race, using other tactics. I call it going fishing, chasing other runners, perhaps counting as a neutral mantra of sort that you can use. I give a whole list of potential strategies that you can use in that episode. So I would go listen and then practice some of those things in workouts practice some of those things in prep races so that you know what works for you and you can bring some of those things to race day. Because if you put those strategies at work, you practice using them, then it will pay off and you will be able to execute racing in a more effective manner and negate or overcome this plateau pitfall of not nailing your races. So that's number six. Number seven, the next plateau pitfall I see is those that grind for too long without giving themselves enough breaks or variety in training that is causing their body to essentially be tired, maybe their mind as well, get a little bit burned out. So if you're too grindy, if you're grinding for too long, you're not taking those breaks perhaps at certain points of the year where you're really loose about training, then this could be a problem that would lead to a performance plateau. So what does that look like? It looks like 
having an A race and instead of properly giving yourself the space to recover from it, then you just roll right next, right into that next training cycle instead of giving yourself that space. And that doesn't mean you don't run. I mean, I have a three week post marathon recovery plan that has a little bit of running involved that allows the body to reset. But I tell people, I don't want to see you at workouts for two weeks at least. And even if you want, you can take three weeks before we start to think about that next step again, because you have to properly detrain in order to retrain to a higher place. And if you're grinding, if you're going straight into that next cycle, then that can lead to a performance plateau. The other thing is that if you're constantly throughout a year, always training for something and not giving yourself a little bit of space and breathing room in whatever form that might take, then that could cause a performance plateau. So that might look like being too aggro when you're on vacation. And look, I like training on vacation. I like running on vacation, but there's also a different tenor about my running on vacation. It's a little more relaxed. It's more focused on enjoying the environment that I'm in. It might mean I'm skipping a workout that week because I'm focused on other things. I'm focusing on enjoying and relaxing during my time. And it might mean modifying the long run to do something fun instead. But you have to give yourself that breathing room periodically to take things a little more lax, to be a little bit more flexible. And that can come during vacations. It can come during holidays. Typically, I'd want it to come outside of that four to six week race specific phase, get building up towards an A race, but you got to have those windows where you can flex things a little bit and have that breathing room to prevent this type of grinding style burnout. Another thing I see here, which I think honestly was kind of a, a little bit of an example of where I was at the end of last year, as I thought about it, was that I'd been training for, since my since my son was born, basically nine months after he was born when I started training again, and he's 14 now, I've been training pretty rigorously for one thing after the next. And certainly I was taking my little windows of recovery and my little periods during vacation where things were more flexible. I was doing all of that, but I'd been essentially going from one goal to the next over and over again for 14 years. And it might not be 14 years for you. It might be three or four. And I hadn't given myself enough breathing room and space to actually do something different and mix things up. And so you may need to mix things up and to perhaps set aside specific running, striving in a certain way, and maybe just do something different, whether that be a fun trail race or jump into triathlon for a bit, if that sounds interesting, or Go on a running trip, running vacation. Shout out Rogue Expeditions. Do something different. Train for something different. Give yourself the flexibility to spend three, four, five months of maybe you're training at some level. Maybe you're maintaining base and foundation, but it's more lax, more flexible, perhaps with a different end in mind that is fun and different. And that'll allow you to perhaps avoid that burnout. So that's number seven. If you're just grinding for too long, perhaps you need to break it up, whether that be within a year or perhaps across years of striving. Number eight is a situation where you might not be optimizing the marginal gains. So I want to set context on this one. I would kind of put this in, again, a situation where I was two years ago where I'd been training pretty consistently for 20 plus years, where I'd been doing all the right things from a training fundamental standpoint for the most part, where I'd been mixing up the race distances, doing 10Ks and halves and 
marathons. So doing all those things the right way, but had 20 years of aerobic development. And so I was starting to get to the very end of the potential improvement I could find from an aerobic capacity building standpoint, because my aerobic system was about as built out as it can be. I mean, it takes about 15 to 20 years of consistent training to maximize your aerobic capacity potential. And I was at that point. So when I got to that point, then it was about, okay, well now perhaps I need to be more creative. Yes, all those fundamentals still matter, but now I actually need to work for those smaller gains, those marginal gains that might help me still get that incremental improvement. And hopefully for you, this will come in a period that doesn't take 20 years, but you realize it along the way. And so maybe you need to build in strength training in a more focused way and maybe or maybe you've been doing strength training and you need to actually build in working with heavier weights and lower volume to give yourself more of that explosiveness and power to maintain those fast twitch muscles maybe you need to work on form in some way by really incorporating drills and strides in a way that you haven't in the past maybe you need to work on raw speed and train for a mile and really mix things up that way So this last point is really that sort of catch-all point that even if you're doing everything the right way, there might still come a point in your journey at some point along the way where you feel like you're plateauing and you're not sure why. And you're asking yourself or you're sitting there thinking, I'm doing all the things right. I'm polarizing my training. I'm running my easy runs easy. I am balancing the quality and the easy stuff in the way that's appropriate and sustainable. I am mixing up the race distances. I am giving myself recovery periods throughout a year. Maybe you're doing all the right things, but you still find yourself at a plateau and then you might have to step back from all of it and say, hey, what am I missing? Where do I need to be creative? Where do I need to mix things up? And maybe with the help of a coach or just listen to this podcast, you can step back from it all and take a bigger picture view and figure out, Where are those little areas that you could tweak and optimize that you haven't? For me, the last couple of years, it's really been on the heavy lifting strength side. Sure, I would do some body weight strength stuff before, particularly as it related to staying stable and balanced and preventing those little injuries that pop up. But I hadn't done the heavy low rep lifting that might really help me optimize explosiveness and power. And so that's what I've been spending the last couple of years incorporating, which meant stepping back a little bit from the marathon goal that I had had for a little bit of time so I could reassemble some new skills and go back to the marathon in Houston here in January. And so maybe that's what you need to do. You're doing all the right things, but you need to take a step back, be creative, mix it up, work in some elements to the training that you haven't before. and. So I want to give space for that potential plateau for that person who thinks or who is doing all the right things, but for whatever reason, it just feels a little bit stuck. Well, maybe you need to step back, be creative, perhaps consult with somebody, a coach perhaps who can help you figure out, all right, what's the new stimulus I need to add to the equation to take that next step? So there you go. Those are eight reasons you might be at a plateau and ways to think about breaking through those plateaus. I hope that's helpful for all of you. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to John G for supporting the podcast. Again, go check them out at johng.com. Use the code rogue15 for 15% off 
And as always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.